morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to f- episode number 48. Hard to believe that we are at episode 48. And because we're recording this on Friday, I almost said Foundation Friday, but it's not. It's it's an interview episode with Kelly Cooksley, the head girls basketball coach at Broken Bow High School, and also one of the organizers and folks. What's your official title with Nebraska Pride, Coach? Uh, director. You are the you are the director. Yep. Okay. I am I am honored to be in your presence virtually. <laughs> then with with yeah. the director. So, uh, the director of Nebraska Pride, Kelly Cooksley. Uh, but before we get going, uh, we, of course, want to thank our sponsor for the podcast, Cossack Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches, if you have any athletes with any balance, neck, or spinal issues, give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300 or go, uh, go visit them online, CossackChiro.com. Uh, if you are listening, of course, you're on SoundCloud or iTunes. Like, rate, and review. Give us a five-star review. Uh, we just want to help coaches hone their craft, and the more that we get folks to push this out, the more we can help people out. Uh, if you are a Twitter person, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on a pen and a napkin on the Twitter machine. And then, of course, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Coach Cooksley, what is new in the middle of Nebraska this fine Friday morning? Well, not, not a whole lot. Uh, just starting uh, having a work day today uh, for school, which is awesome. That means we're, we're heading back to school, and I think that's what everybody wants right now. But other than that, it's uh, pretty slow moving, mm-hmm. as you would expect out in the, the Sand Hills area. So it's not too bad right now. I'm just ready to get back to school. At least you're in the hub of the Sand Hills. Yeah, we're kind of... Uh, where everybody wants to go here in, in the Sand Hills area. You know, we uh, support a lot of communities around us with some of the things that we have. And, uh, you know, it's always it's always rocking here in Broken Bow. <laughs> you are like the Manhattan of uh, uh, of the bro- of the Sand Hills region, you know. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to come to Dairy Queen and <laughs> some ice cream. <laughs> yes, that it's is... Lux- luxury, luxury out here. Yeah, hey, hey, you gotta take what you get. You gotta take what you get. So, well, let's jump in here. Um, I, I appreciate it. Uh, you helping me out here. It's it's my wedding anniversary this weekend, and uh, so I appreciate you talking on Friday instead of uh, on Sunday. Uh, I think my wife appreciates it too. Um, happy wife, happy life. Exactly, right? and you know her. Uh, my wife's birthday is on February seventh, so she's kind of used to contending with basketball. On her birth- my birthday, coincidentally. Oh, wow. God, this is getting a little creepy then, Kelly. I know, right? <laughs> um, so she's kind of used to contending with it on her birthday and, and, you know, when I was coaching and now, you know, jumping back into it. Uh, you know, she's, you know, she, she learned how to live with that and, and adjust. Uh, but we never thought that I'd be coaching basketball on our August 8th uh, wedding anniversary. But, but here we are. We've got an AAU tournament this weekend and, you know, we'll... Sure. We'll see what we can do. So, yeah. um, 
Well, for the folks that are that are uh, unfamiliar with you, I, I'd like to start out just to, uh, you know, give give my guests an opportunity to give their background, where they came from, uh, how you ended up in Broken Bow, uh, so forth and so on. Uh, so, you know, Kelly, the flow the floor is kind of yours here. Just kind of give us a, a, you know, your your coaching journey, your life's journey, and 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 how you ended up in the the Manhattan of the Sand Hills. Yeah. Uh, well, I grew up. In uh, the metropolis of Elwood, Nebraska, which is about 17 miles uh, south of Lexington, Johnson Lake area, so really nice area. Um, you know, kind of growing up, I was I was in a good class, and, and the class ahead of me and below me were very sports driven, so that was always fun. We were always doing stuff, you know, playing basketball, pick up basketball, baseball, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Um, in high school, uh, I played football for four years, basketball for four, uh, did track for a year and did, uh, uh, golf for three and I played Legion baseball in the summer. So I was always pretty busy and never really had a lot of downtime. And, uh, that was kind of my, my high school experience, had a really good high school experience, had good coaches and, uh, you know, had some learning lessons. Mm-hmm. You know, going through that, uh, I think my senior year we were, or my junior year in football, we were as high as number two in the state, and then the next year we didn't win a football game. So there was a lot of uh, spectrum there. Um, and, you know, it definitely taught me a lot about, you know, can't take anything for granted and what it really takes and all mm-hmm. that, that that good jazz and stuff. The but, coach uh, speak. What's that? The coach speak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I went to UNK, uh, started working on my health and physical education. Uh, while I was there, uh, I really started kind of getting interesting or interested in coaching. Uh, I was a, actually a women's practice player for Carol Russell, mm-hmm. uh, for UNK. Um, met a lot of good people in there, uh, learned a lot. Um, then, uh, I got into, uh, coach Krabs, uh, basketball theory class and he asked the class if anybody was interested in, um, uh, a coaching position, um, at Amherst and I actually applied for that. I didn't get it. Um, it was just an assistant. And then he said that I have another one, but it's a, it's a volunteer job at Kearney High for freshman boys and as an assistant and I got that one so uh-huh. I think I was, the, I was the only one that raised my hand in the class so uh, I think I got that by default but uh, that really started my, my drive for wanting to coach and uh, coached Kearney High freshman boys as an assistant and then uh, that following year I was just reading the Kearney Hub and I saw that they had a head job open at Wilcox Hildreth for girls and I applied for that didn't get the head but I got an assistant and then did that for four years and then uh, right down the road Axtell had a job opening four years later and uh, kind of or I applied for that and got that position so that was my first head job I was there for six years I uh, had a blast there um, great town great community great people and then uh 
my wife and I really tried to start trying to find jobs, you know, in the same area. We mm-hmm. were commuting all over the place for work, and uh, the Broken Bow job opened up, and there was a job in Callaway for my wife, and she's about 15 miles away, and we uh, applied, and I guess the rest is history, and that's where we're at right now. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my my journey, and it's been a lot of different places, and. It's been it's been interesting, but coached a lot of different sports, and it's, it's been fun. So yeah. Speaking of a lot of different places, here's something I wanted to ask you about. Uh, you know, yeah. reading your your Twitter uh, account, yeah. you are a fan of, and correct me if I'm wrong here, the Tampa Bay yeah. Buccaneers. Oh yeah. The Boston Red Sox. Yep. Is it the Sacramento Kings? Yep, Sacktown. Sacktown. Yep. Where does a guy who grew up out by Lexington, Nebraska, fall in love with that eclectic of a group of sports franchises? So, growing up, uh, I was always infatuated with the Buccaneers' orange creamsicle uniforms. <laughs> I, I just, I, I immediately fell in love with them. Uh, and my buddy was a good Green Bay Packers fan, and okay. I, uh, I said, "Well, if you like Green Bay, then I like Tampa Bay." You okay. know, and I just kind of fell in love with them. Uh, they were never good until uh, that early two thousands stretch mm-hmm. they had, but uh, fell in love with. And they actually changed their uniform during that stretch, but uh, yep. fell in love with them. Um, and then the Red Sox, I, I've always been a big fan of them, uh, especially, you know, when they had, like, Johnny Damon and, you know, Manny Ramirez and all those guys were David Ortiz. That was a yeah. fun, fun, fun group. Have, um, have you ever been to Fenway? I have not. My oh. wife and I were actually supposed to uh, take a trip out there mm-hmm. my, for our anniversary. We had talked about it, and that clearly is not going to happen right now. <laughs> so, it is. Uh, uh, it we, is. We may have to. Uh, see what we can do maybe next summer, but yeah. um, it is. It I, is. I would love to go to Fenway. It is awesome. Uh, we were uh, really fortunate. Uh, one of our parents at Scott uh, worked for the World Herald. He knew a guy from the is it the Boston Herald or whatever it may be, and so um, and I'm just. I, I mean, I love baseball. I, I love the Cubs, and I've been to Wrigley Field. I don't know how many times. Uh, but long story short, my wife and I went out there for our 10th wedding anniversary in the middle of April, even though we were, you know, in August, uh, married in August. Uh, and we went there uh, on a Thursday afternoon game in late April. And it felt like it. No. Well, yeah. Uh, but it felt like um, it felt like a, a Saturday afternoon college football game in in nebraska or iowa city or any of those type of places it had the same feel to it everybody's got a red sox jersey on uh they close off all the streets around the stadium um it's it's it is it was a different experience than any other baseball place i've ever been at uh the feel of the stadium was just unbelievable um, I, you know, that was, that was a really, really cool experience. So Did you get to sit up in the monster seats? Uh, we actually had, uh, tickets about 10 rows up right behind the Red Sox dugout. 
I mean, we nice. could we couldn't have asked for any better seats. And the thing was, it was really weird. It looked like the seats were still built for 1914, and they were the skinniest seats I've ever sat in. And I'm not a big guy, but even I was like, boy, this is a little a little tight here, you know. That's good to know. I might need to get the standing room <laughs> <laughs> uh, But uh, I, 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 I encourage you to, to make that journey because it, it'll be well worth it for you. For sure. Yep. So. And uh, Sacramento Kings, uh, I always hated the Lakers, and they were just big rivals, especially mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. They had, you know, Jason Williams, Chris Weber, yep. Asia, Bibby, all those guys against Shaq and Kobe. So those yep. were always fun, fun series and stuff. So, and and they had a little Kansas City ties to them. Yeah. The Kansas City uh, Kings. So. Actually, the Kansas City Omaha Kings in the early seventies for yeah. about three years. So yes, I've always kind of, I've always kind of liked them. I guess I don't know why, but yeah. Well, so. it's it's an eclectic mix, Coach. It's an eclectic and mix. They all are terrible, or have been terrible, with the exception of the Red Sox. So yes, yes. So you know, no, nobody can uh, call me out on my fandom this <laughs> year when the Bucks win the win the Super Bowl. So. Uh, not, a band, not a bandwagon jumper. Yes, so. that's true. You, you you have the tangible proof on the Twitter account that that yeah. you have been there all the way through. So, uh, well, uh, let's let's move past that stuff. Um, you uh, you you were really vocal um, late spring, early summer about uh, getting back into things as quickly as possible. Uh, what what kind of drove that? Uh, you were the self-described uh, keyboard warrior when it came yeah. to your to your Twitter account and kind of just uh, continually putting uh, stuff out there um, about getting kids back out in the gym and just involved in activities in general. Just kind of where um, you know what was that like? Where did you come with that, or what was your perspective with that? Uh, did you face any, um, I, I don't know if backlash is the right word, but that's the word we'll use. Was, was there anybody that was like, you know, hey, this is not where our priorities should be. You know, just, you, you know, you were, you were really outspoken about it. And, and, and when you're outspoken about anything, uh, you, you could, you're, you're going to get some people on your side. You're going to alienate some people. So, you know, kind of what was your thought process through all of that stuff? You know, there, there came a time where I would just, get on social media and I would see state after state after state playing sports and uh, especially basketball and I I just with our population in comparison to the other states and and our numbers of the actual virus it just it made no sense to me Um, and you know I felt like the least I could do was put my opinion out there and you know whether people like it or not you're always not you're not gonna make everybody happy mm-hmm. i mean that's pretty much a generalization in all of life yeah you know, half the people are gonna like you and you know any more more than half probably won't so uh yeah. but you know i put it out there and i was very strong about it because you know i see these kids just i mean they almost look depressed you know like some of the, you know, you run into them and they're just kind of down. At, you see them at the grocery store or something, they just look down. And, you know, I, I just felt it was time that we get back into things. And, and, and I didn't necessarily mean go travel all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, you know, our cases here in Custer County were extremely low. And uh, I, I just felt like 
there's no reason that these kids shouldn't be able to, you know, get back into the gym and, and do stuff and either volleyball, basketball. I didn't really care, but, um, you know, I could just see it on their faces that they were just ready to do something. And uh, finally, we, you know, started with weights and then a few sports opened up. And then, uh, you know, I had a, I was just kind of confused by, I, I, I think I posted a picture with Midland basketball or something along the lines of that you know doing team stuff and i'm like well you know we were i was under the impression that the directive was no team stuff you know and Mm -hmm. there was just mixed messages and then finally uh the nsa and their awesome leadership kind of put something out there that cleared everything up and before you know it we were we were back into things uh getting them getting going so uh, like I said, I wasn't going to make everybody happy. And, and, you know, the overwhelming majority, I would say probably 95% of the people were, you know, pro getting back into, you know, sports and, and I guess basketball in general because that's kind of what I was promoting. So Yeah. Uh, you know, it looks like, you know, we're going to see what happens here in Omaha, uh, but we – it looks like there's a strong possibility, and we're taping this Friday. It's about 11.30 right now as we're talking Central Time, uh, that, that OPS might not have sports this fall. Um, and and there, there's some that seems to be what the, the signals are coming from the superintendent from some of the stuff that I, that I, ran, or that I read uh, this morning. Um, yeah. You know, do, do, we, do we just, in, in your opinion, do, you know, we, we kind of have, Two different worlds here in Nebraska. We kind of have the world of Omaha and Lincoln, and with the with the population density and the size of the schools and things like that. And then we kind of have the rest of the state, with a couple of exceptions. You know, uh, do are you of the opinion that hey, if, if you're the smaller schools, if you're in in this area, do we just keep rolling through this? Uh, and and we kind of have two maybe two different systems that we go through it, or or you know, what's kind of your opinion when it when it comes to well, you know, OPS decides not to do it, but that doesn't affect Broken Bow, that doesn't affect Alliance, that doesn't affect Scott's Bluff, whatever it may be. You know, I, I feel like the, I don't know, I guess the, the governor has kind of made things where, you know, the school districts are kind of responsible for themselves, and I, I, I really, I kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, like you said, the... The dynamic of Omaha and Lincoln and, you know, even bigger towns than us. I mean, I think we're probably four, around 4,000 people, but uh, the dynamics are completely different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I feel terrible for those kids. I mean, they've, yeah. I mean, I couldn't even imagine, especially if, you know, you're a senior athlete or whatever, but um, I feel terrible for them and I... Yeah, I don't yeah. even know what's going to happen there, but I don't want to comment yeah. on that because it's not really my area. But out here, I mean, I, I don't think our kids should be penalized for, you know, where they live, essentially. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, we like I said, we have extremely low cases here. And, I mean, I, I, I honestly couldn't even tell you somebody that I know that has had it, and I don't think the same could be said, you know, if you lived in those bigger communities or whatever, but, um, I think a lot of people out this way are definitely along with me that, you know, we shouldn't be dictated by, you know, something that's 
three hours away. Yeah. And, and granted, you know, that could change quickly. In a heartbeat, yeah. You know, and, yeah. I mean, it's a virus. I mean, mm-hmm. it could spread like wildfire. And, yeah. You know, but I, I definitely think that uh, we're excited to get going and, and we're happy with with uh, what our administration has put forward and mm-hmm. their plan and we're ready to get rolling here in the fall. Well, I think it's it's one of those situations where if, if there were an easy answer, everybody would just choose the easy answer and there wouldn't be the consternation that everybody has with it depending on and on how you view it. And, and you can make a million arguments to to continue to move forward with athletics and activities and you can make a million arguments as to why we should not do it, you know? And everything, just, everything's, I, I everything's like viable, you know. Kids are, I feel like though the kids, is this going to be more detrimental to the kids, mm-hmm. like not doing stuff than that? I mean, the actual virus itself. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I just yep. follow a little bit of uh, data <laughs> online, and yep. I mean, I I definitely think there's strong signs that point to. You know, the kids need to, to do stuff, you know, whether that's going to school or, you know, doing activities. I think the, the data points that way or data or how do you say it out east? Uh, uh, out east. You make, it, you make me sound like I'm, at, you know, like at Martha's Vineyard or something. So, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, and, and you're not going to make everybody happy. You no, know, you're not. Like we just talked about. No, I mean, you're not. You're probably going to be split. I mean... I guess in this state, it's probably going to be leaning more the other way as far as doing stuff than mm-hmm. it is not doing stuff. So, yep. Well, touchy subject across the state. Yeah, it is. And it is a touchy subject everywhere. And, you yeah. know, I, I, I really, you know, whether, whether, um, whether you, whether people agreed with your stance or whether they disagreed with your stance, you know, I, I think it was uh very consistent of you and it was something that you didn't have to do that you kind of put your neck out there a little bit that this could be an unpopular opinion um and and that took some took some guts to to do um and and i you know i think you were a, a very prominent voice i think you uh you did something that you didn't have to do for the good of your kids and i think that's to be admired you you thought you were doing what you thought was right for your kids and and essentially that's what education is about you know yep. is, is sticking up for your kids yeah i mean i was uh, and i was really i was just i was fighting for for our program i mean and basketball in general because i just felt like there were so many inconsistencies with other sports that i'm just like how is that any like i can't have a kid dribble by themselves yeah or shoot at their own hoop and that just didn't make any sense to me and uh, like I, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. It's a contact sport, but um, I was just begging for anything to get into the gym and do any kind of fundamentals or anything because you know we could make that work and definitely keep our our social distancing and you know sanitize the equipment and I mean that's mainly what I was pushing for. But no, I, I was happy to do it and uh, like. Like you said, I just I just wanted the kids to be able to get into the gym and, and do some things. Yep. Well, speaking of your program, and and I'm glad you're you're three hours away as I bring this up here, uh, but you put on your sheet here, zero um, and six in district title games, 
I'm cursed. <laughs> you know, and, and I know this last year, I mean, you guys had a tremendous year, 20-plus wins. Uh, I think you had two losses going into the district championship game, maybe three. I mean, it was, it was something like that. Um, and and uh, you just you fell short. And I know that you, you had a team that not only uh, could have, you know, belonged at the state tournament but had the opportunity to make a lot of noise at the state tournament once you got down here um you know what uh you know i i know it was tough for you to swallow uh but but getting back off that mat and, and getting ready to go again you know what was that process like and 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 how did you handle it with your team and and so forth and so on you know i've i've handled it uh i've handled it six times you know so i mean you have to keep on it and it's what drives me a little bit to you know get back up on that horse and, and keep going and you know uh if if that's my if that's my destiny and my my future if that's what the good lord has in store for me and uh you know sometimes i think that's that's why i we've had those type of games where we just come up a little bit short is you know you can teach your kids a lot about those things and then the, you know, like I said, I feel like the good Lord has put me in that position because he knows I can handle it. And, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, you just got to get back up on that horse and, and keep going. And, um, you know, it's not easy. I no. mean, it's never easy. That's one of the hardest things ever is to walk into your locker room, you know, one step before, you know, the goal that we, we set out for every year is, you know, get to that district final and give yourself a chance. And, you know all that we have a, a, a strong summer program and you know we put in a lot of work and to come up short is is uh is tough but you know a few years ago our, our freshmen were at one five games i think something like that so uh you know just to get to back-to-back district finals mm-hmm. i mean were was was a great experience for them and uh I mean, I'll, I won't take those for granted, but, you know, if anything, it teaches our kids, you know, life isn't always about, you know, or life isn't always, you know, roses and chocolates and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you're hit with some adversity and, you know, you need to dust yourself off and, and bounce back mm-hmm. because the world keeps moving. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. You know, uh, there's a there's a billion Chinamen that, that could give a rat's patoot about, your game that night and that's something i have to remind myself of you know we were we were playing in a in a tournament a couple of weeks ago and and we lost a game we should have won and after the game we're sitting around and i mean it literally bothered me for like two hours and i'm like okay look it's a it's a aau game in the middle of july i gotta let this thing go you know type of a thing but i think that's what drives you is that competitiveness and and uh you know, wanting to, to push yourself through. And, and the great thing was our kids responded the next day. We, we played well the rest of the tournament. They let it go. You got to learn to let it go. And I think sometimes as a coach, it's harder for you to let go of it as a coach than it is for the players to let go of it, don't you think? Yeah, and, you know, uh, this year was probably the first year that I – I mean, it bothered me, but not as long as it had in, in previous years where – you know, I I think honestly, with having a family now and everything, it definitely puts things in perspective. You know, I have two kids and my wife, obviously, and uh, 
you know, it definitely puts things in perspective. And this was probably the first year where uh, I didn't dwell on it as much, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought about it a lot, and especially then having the quarantine right afterwards, uh, <laughs> right after state basketball. Yep. You know, I, I did have some time to watch some film and stuff, but I, I, you know, we just flat out, you know, that night we just flat out got beat, and you know, sometimes that happens, and you know, you gotta live with it. So. Yep. Yep. Um, the uh, Nebraska Pride, uh, the club program that you got going out there, the director of the Nebraska Pride. Uh, where was the impetus for that? Uh, how long has that been around? Uh, you know, what was, uh, you know. How 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 have you been able to grow that over the years here into uh, where where you've got some really nice players within your program now and and uh, you're really able to compete at a pretty high level uh, with with your kids out in that central Nebraska Sandhills region that maybe didn't have those opportunities the last few years. Um, you know what's what's been kind of the keys in building that up. You know, I, I started it uh, almost out of spite. Uh, I had a kid <laughs> try out for a program and didn't make it and I mean this is she's a good player she ended up being an, an all-stater and uh like a, on an actual team so I mean just a little frustrated with that whole process so I said you know what I'm just I'll start my own out here and there really wasn't much out here mm-hmm. as far as that goes and uh I did one one team one tournament my first year and then it just kind of grew from it was girls and now we do some uh elementary uh fourth grade through eighth grade boys now um and then uh we do uh fourth grade through uh seniors to be um girls so mm-hmm. but yeah it's almost out of spite and i shouldn't say that but uh no no it's, but it's... Know, i was just i was a little frustrated with the process and you know whatever and, and there really wasn't anything out there and uh you know girls basketball is there, I think there's a lot of really good kids out this way that we're just looking for a vehicle to play and uh, it's, it's it's been fun and met a lot of really awesome people and you know we know that we're not uh, you know as as big and uh, as as uh, I don't want to say competitive because I, I feel like we can't compete at a high level but uh, coach you got some good kids in your program you got some really oh, nice yeah, players yeah. you know. I mean, we, we do, but, uh, you know, we just we just don't really have the whole the resources out here. We have a ton of multi-sport athletes. I mean, and when I say multi-sport, I mean kids that play three sports. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, that's a, definitely a different, different dynamic out here. Um, but, and I'm not saying, you know, out east that they don't have uh, multi-sport athletes because I think a lot of those kids are, but... Uh, you know, facilities is another thing where we just kind of find a gym and, and practice. And uh, but it, it's been fun. Met a lot of really awesome people. Got some really good uh, kids in our program. You know, couple looking at or going D two mm-hmm. next year and uh, getting some D two looks. And so it's been fun. Yeah. Um. You uh and and I know we we've talked about this before. Uh, and I know you can't officially comment on it yet, but you, you got a little something brewing out there that's going to be a, a really, really cool deal. Um, and I'm just going to let you talk about it because I don't want to say something that yeah. I'm not supposed to say. So uh, tell us about this 
this uh, this deal. I'm just gonna call it the deal. You know, yeah, so the deal. The, um, the deal. Well, I'm probably gonna end up putting my foot in my mouth here, but no, uh, I'm gonna give it my best shot. But okay. no, we've been uh, working with a few people. Can't really say where, but I will say it's located in uh, Central Nebraska. Really, really awesome uh, facility. But uh, we have six contracted games um, for uh, kind of a girls-only um, type of event that we're going to run. And uh, we got the contracts. We're just waiting on some paperwork to t- tie up some loose ends. And then hopefully by September we can um, make an official announcement. And it's just there, there would have been an announcement a long time ago, but this whole COVID deal has kind of made people you know do some policy changes and, and sure. things that has kind of slowed the process down but no i'm i'm really excited about it i'm just praying that you know we're we're able to uh have fans mm-hmm. and and give uh, our girls um the experience of of being able to play in front of some uh awesome crowds and uh i got I mean, there's some good matchups. I will say we have some some uh, out of state an out of state team coming in. Um, we have some you know good in class matchups. We have some some big school small school matchups where you know it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to get that out there. But uh, at this time, I just kind of got to give you guys some teasers but uh no i'm really excited about it and um you'll know more in september hopefully so could you could you give us an approximate date when this is going to take place or is that not privy yet um we are we're looking uh i'll just say we're looking at uh after the first of the year okay so Okay. Right after the first year sometime. So. Should be an awesome deal when that comes up. We will definitely push that out and, and get folks out. Because I think it's it's really cool. You know, the you have these prep classics, and, and I've been lucky enough to coach in a couple of these. And they're, they're, they're great experiences. Um, but a lot of times, you know, they're, if the girls are included, um, it, it, it's kind of what it is. It's 50% guys, 50% girls at best. Yep. And it's driven by the guys. What I think is really awesome about yours is it is 100% girls basketball, all day event, all in the same place, in a in a terrific facility, and and I think it's going to be a really really cool deal. I'm hoping I'm hoping it is too. And like I said, I just hope the I hope the dynamic of all this pandemic changes and and we're able to you know put the put the fans in the seats and have some good hoops that'd be great so awesome awesome well uh we'll leave it with all the anticipation of that so um let's uh transition here quick Uh, our don meyer quote of the day coaches you know you you're a loyal listener here uh approximately halfway through we put out our don meyer quote of the day and if you feel if you'd like to comment on it feel free to do so so uh our don meyer quote of the day Habits are critical for players. They cannot think and play at the same time. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, when you start thinking, then you're not playing as fast as you can. And 
Uh, I want our kids to react instead of think. I mean, and don't get me wrong, they need to, like, especially, like, your point guard, they need to be able to, you know, think some things through and and make good decisions. But, uh, yeah, I definitely want reactions instead of of thinking. But, no, that's a really good quote. Um, I actually got a picture with Don Meyer one time. Oh, yeah? At the Nebraska Coaches Clinic. Really really good guy. I talked to him for about five minutes, but uh, no, he's a really good guy. And rest, God rest his soul, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I picked up a few things from him, and uh, that was a really good uh, quote. I think a lot of kids sometimes, you know, get into that habit of, of thinking because they just want to make the perfect play instead of just making a play. And, you know, you almost hurt yourself more than you help yourself when you start thinking too much. Absolutely. 1,000% agree with you there. You had uh, you had referred to it a, a little bit ago We were talking when you were talking about your, your district championships and, um, you know, you, you took over a program where your, your freshman won five games. Uh, and, and you've rebuilt a couple of programs, uh, both at Extel and at Broken Bow. Um, you know, what... Uh, what went into those processes? What are what you know? How did you build that? Uh, how did you build that wall brick by brick, um, putting putting this uh, putting these programs together? Where you know in three short years you're winning twenty plus regular season games at Broken Bow and Axtell, you had success. You know how, how you know what was your process with that? Uh, you know, I I really think that. I guess just coming in my first year at Axtell when I was a head coach, I remember that first game was just insane. I thought it was moving 100 miles an hour when in all actuality it was probably moving about (laughs) two miles an hour. Sure. I mean, both teams ended up, uh, that was my first year, I think we ended up like 7-13, and and the other team, I don't even know if they won a game. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just felt like it was going 100 miles an hour, but I think definitely slowing down. You know, and, you know, trying to relax myself a little bit, you know, helped a little bit. But, uh, you know, that first year was tough. Um, we had a lot of seniors, um, you know, just for whatever reason, we couldn't get it clicking. And, you know, our JV was really competitive. And, and finally, I started just playing those JV kids. Uh, I knew we weren't going anywhere, you know, and. I just decided to play those JV kids six times, or six times, six quarters, excuse me, and, and give them as much experience as possible. Um, you know, we ended up uh, seven and 13 that year, I think, and then the next year with all those JV kids, we ended up 17 and eight. So, uh, uh, but, one, one quick thing with that. Um, yeah. And, and I've ran into this in my career, and I know a lot of people that will be listening to this will, will run into that. Uh, one of the hardest sells that you have as a high school coach is when you have a younger player that starts playing more than an older player. Um, You know, how did you, how did you, I don't you're never going to sell it because usually the older players and and their parents aren't going to be happy, but what was the process going through when you, when you made that shift and, and how did you, uh, how did you communicate it? Um, Because, you know, when that's, that's a difficult thing to do uh, at, oh, at the yeah. high school level. So uh, what was that like? You know, uh, for the younger player, I think just telling them, hey, you're going to play six quarters tonight. Um, this is going to benefit you long term. 
you know, and I think that was that was an easy sell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the, the easy older, part. <laughs> yeah, for for the older player, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, with especially you know the film doesn't lie, and you know the number one thing on our on our philosophy that I've always taken with me. That I mean, the very first sentence is you know hard work is that's the cornerstone of our program, and if kids aren't working hard. You know, it's 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 easy for me to point that out, especially on film, where you know kids might be jogging up and down the floor, where you have this younger kid that's just flying all around, and you know that's that's easy for me, and and until they can do that, I, I just can't play. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, it's tough, but at the same time, you you have to do what's what's best for your program, and you mm-hmm. know. Sometimes that's playing and, and a younger player, and uh, like I said, the film doesn't lie, and and you can, you know, definitely sit down and break that down with people, and and you know, hold them accountable for their. You know, if you have high expectations, you got to be held up account, or held accountable for those high expectations, and um, you know, that's just part of the game, and it's never easy. But at the same time, if you if you're if you're a good teammate, um, you know, you'll you'll be able to handle it if, if they're making our team better if sure. that's what you're about. So, oh, and you'll, okay. you'll find out really quickly what, what the kid and, and, and is about, you know, the kid that's, uh, taking a little less playing time. Okay. Sorry. So keep going with that. I just want, kind of wanted to throw that out there because I know I, I've been there and you catch heat for it and people are upset and you know, that type of thing. But like you said, the film doesn't lie and, and these kids are playing harder. They're playing better. You know, here's and it does sometimes. Sometimes I think you just have to accept that, uh, no matter how much evidence you put forward in a situation, people just don't want to hear it because it's their child, and yeah. you know that type and of thing. I, I think the biggest thing is is just being honest with oh. them. You know, and you, you can't make false promises. You can't tell them what they want to hear you got to tell them sometimes to i mean all the time you got to just be straight up and honest with them and and you know i just try to give them an out too and say hey listen if you start doing these things you know you're really gonna help yourself and make our us coaches jobs a lot more difficult because you know this is what we're asking of you and i mean i i I, it sounds mean but you kind of got to give them an ultimatum and you know, they'll they'll make that choice and and either do what you need and but you know it just it is what it is. It's always a kind of a, a tricky subject, but you know, and we we've, we've played a lot of young kids here, and there have been some some seniors that have you know got some playing time uh, cut in the past few years, and every one of our kids uh, that has had some playing time you know uh decreased has been extremely extremely mature about it and uh i think a little bit of that points to the direction of where we were going as a program as opposed to where we have been you know if i mean they're buying into hey this is about our team and and that that, that's been really really cool to see that Mm -hmm. uh we've had some kids that you know haven't some seniors that haven't, uh, you know, had the most playing time in the world, but 
I mean, they've, they've done a great job of being leaders. And yeah. I definitely think that that's been the transition from, you know, that's the difference between being a five-win program to being a 20-win program when everybody's all in for each other. And uh, I, I feel like we're, we're definitely getting there to that point. Yeah. One of the phrases that I use with my kids, um, and for what it's worth, you know, while we're talking about this type of stuff, uh, I always tell my kids, put me in a situation where I can't take you off the floor. You know, just, just by how, how hard you're playing, uh, and, and you, you don't necessarily need to score. A lot, of, a lot of people think, well, it's associated with scoring. No, be a consistent ball handler where I know you're not going to turn the ball over. Be a, a, a great defensive player. Be a great rebounder. You know, all of those type of things. Uh, you don't have to score. Eventually, we're going to need somebody to score. But there's a bunch of different ways where you can put me in a situation where I cannot take you off the floor. And that's that's completely up to you. For sure. You know, that is one thing we, we talk about, you know, kind of what you just said, where, you know, you don't have to score. But um, we talk a, a lot, a lot, a lot about roles. And uh, I love bill belichick's just his simple do your job yep and we talk i mean that's one of our things is just do your job if you're a rebounder rebound if you you know don't don't hurt the team just do your job you know and i i think our kids buying into their roles and and you know having that kind of mantra of, of just do your job i mean i think that goes a long way how do you communicate your roles you know, I, I, I just tell them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the kids, honestly, the kids end up, they, they know, mm-hmm. I mean, your scores are going to score and, you know, things like, especially offensively, I think they kind of know, mm-hmm. I mean, defensively, we're all kind of on the same page, you know, yeah. just don't get scored on, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> but, uh, but offensively, I mean, the kids know, and, and, and that makes it a lot easier but uh you know i'm definitely i'm always telling them like this is how you can help us and you know i put their roles in into into what i say that they can help us with like if i if i think a girl can rebound you know i'm like hey you can get on the floor if you can show me you can play good defense take care of the ball and rebound that's all i need you to do and uh you know some of them just take it and run with it and and you know, like I, I had a girl last year that uh, I think she averaged maybe a point and a half a game, mm-hmm. but uh, she was our best defender, best rebounder, and 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 the kids know that. I mean, she was our glue defensively, and mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where she knew her role and she never tried to do too much, and you know, it's just one of those things where, and we'll miss her next year, but uh, you know. This perfect example of I don't need to score, but I can be our be our best defender. You know, yeah. so when when you lose a kid like that, is that sometimes to a degree? I, and I get everything is relative in the game, but is it sometimes harder to find a kid that will replace those qualities than it is to find the kid that okay we got to replace a shooter, but we know we got. Susie and Becky to that that can come in and, and knock down a few shots as an example. 
you know, is it harder to find that kid that, hey, you know what, coach, I'm good with making one layup a game, but I'll play 24 minutes and I'll rebound and defend and win every loose ball and that type of thing? That's a tough question, um, but I, I'm big on, uh, you know, actually when I took Coach Kraft's basketball theory class, he asked the class, like, what the most important skill is in the game of basketball, and he's, you know, all these kids are saying defense, rebounding, you know, taking care of the ball, and then he says, no, insert expletive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he said, I'll just say, he said, uh, no, you idiots. And he said, basketball is the, or not basketball, uh, shooting is the most important skill. And, um, if you can't put the ball in the hole, you can't win. So, yep. you know, as much as I love uh, those players, like they're, they're kind of the backbone of our, of our teams usually. Um, at the end of the day, the name of the game is to get the ball in the hoop. And, you know, so I definitely think replacing scoring is, is tougher mm-hmm. because, you know, it's 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 a repetition skill. Yep. And uh, if everybody, you know, if, just one of those things where if everybody wanted to be successful, they just, you know, uh, I would just want to be successful, you know. Shooting's the same way. you got to put in the time, yep. you know. Yep. It's uh, one of those repetition skills and, you know, not everybody's a great shooter. Yeah. They're, you know, everybody needs needs some scoring. But, so, I'll, I'll, I, de- I definitely think they're, that's a good question, but uh, I, I would take, I would take the offense, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you can teach offensive players to play defense, but it's hard to teach a defensive kid to play offense. For sure. I would agree 100% with that. Yeah. Um, speaking of offense, you know, let's talk about your 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 half court offensive philosophy. Uh, you know, I, I know the medium is not the best when we really start talking about X's and O's. Uh, but you know, you're you're a dribble drive guy. You're a motion guy. Uh, what are some 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 uh, some things that you do with your half court philosophy that you could explain to our listeners that they might be able to replicate within their own programs? Uh, important teaching points, things you emphasize, uh, how you build it. Uh, just, just kind of let it rip there. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we run a lot of read and react stuff and, and there's some great resources out there. Um, as far as that goes, uh, I see one standards. Um, we are not very big. I mean, when you go to the C1 state tournament, there's six footers growing on trees for the teams that get down there and, you know, that's just not us right now. Like, next year, I think we'll start 5'3", 5'3", 5'7", 5'7", and 5'9". I mean... You're, you're still you're still going to be... You're still... Your tallest starter is probably still taller than my biggest star, uh, tallest starter. So, uh, but we'd actually be able to compete with the jump ball with you guys. So, I'm excited <laughs> about that. So... Well, but like I, I mean, like I was saying, I just... I have to you know, put our team in the best position possible. You know, we don't have that back to the basket. Um, you know, going to back you down pro style and yep. give you a bucket. Yep. You know, it's just not in our, not in our game. And uh, I think the kids have realized that. And But we have some re- really, really good ball handlers and we're really quick. So, you know, we're always looking to, you know, go a little five out um, action. You know, you, there's all sorts of things you can do. I mean, as far as pass, cut screen away and curl you know uh we actually like to run a lot of 
ball screen stuff with our guards um, and see if we can get some uh, switches with some, you know, because I, I always tell them that, you know, it's kind of like the Houston Rockets right now. I don't know if you watch any NBA, but oh, they, yeah. they, are, they are extremely small for NBA standards. And, uh, you know, last night, P.J. Tucker, who's 6'5", is guarding Anthony Davis, who's 6'10", you know. Mm-hmm. And like I tell them, they got to guard us, too. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, so, you know, we like to spread the floor out and uh, get some dribble drive action. We'll set back screens and all sorts of stuff. Um, I'm big on quick hitters. Um, when I first got here, uh, that was that was tough because uh, we, we, couldn't, we couldn't run a lot of quick hitters. I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, we were trying to, run an offense that would build our basketball skills and they just weren't there yet where we could actually run quick hitters and uh, I'm kind of glad that you know we stuck with just running motion I mean towards the end of the year we my, of my first year here we were running a few sets but uh, I definitely think sometimes that's tough you know where you're like oh, I'd really like to run that set but at the same time you you know that working on your motion is going to make you better, especially when you have a young team. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to make you better down the road, and and you can actually run a lot more stuff because your kids' basketball skills are getting better. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we, uh, we just run a lot of read and react and go a lot of five out. Mm-hmm. How, how do you teach that? What do you do in practice to, to teach that uh, that cohesion you know, whether it's a breakdown two on two on zero or, or three on three, what are you doing to, to help with that? You know, we'll put, uh, we'll put uh, a lot of the movements and actions into just like shooting drills. Um, and that, that really helps with a, we're getting reps at running our action. Um, and B we're getting, we're getting reps on, on passing and, and shooting. So um, we'll go a lot of two on zero, and then a lot of three on zero, and then uh, there's some really good drills out there on uh, better basketball. It's unpaid sponsorship, unpaid sponsorship uh, <laughs> name drop right there. But uh, no, yeah. better basketball has some really good stuff on on uh, on motion uh, teaching and stuff. Um, you know, there's sometimes we'll go uh, if I want to get my my. Uh, excuse me, my uh, offense in, but I want to get some ball handling in. We might run uh, two-ball ball handling and, and go five out. And it it's kind of interesting. I got that off of there, too, where um, you have a partner and, and stuff like that on the baseline where you can do your two-ball and your cutting and, and just go through the motions and, and get some two-ball in while you're doing it. And the other group can get some shooting in, but... Uh, maybe I'll, I'll find that today. I'll post it on my Twitter or something so everybody can watch that. But it, it's really good, uh, a really good uh, drill to do. Mm-hmm. With with that, um, you know, you, you got you got quick kids. You've got outstanding perimeter players. Um, so do you see maybe a zone for a different reason? Uh, in that, hey, we just got to kind of gamble here. Um, 
if we guard them man-to-man, they're just too quick and too good at what they do, and they're going to get into the lane, and they're going to get those easy looks. Uh, so we got to kind of zone these guys up, and, and we're just going to we're just gonna hope that they're off tonight, uh, shooting the ball from the perimeter. Um, do, do you see some of that? And then, and then how do you counteract that? Uh, absolutely. You know, there were uh, uh, there was a team last year that was just kind of a thorn in our side every game we played them. Uh, and I, I like to think we have some decent perimeter shooters, especially when they get going. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, when we when we played this team, it just – uh, they, they sat in the 2-3 zone. Uh, we have a really good point guard. Um, get some looks for college and stuff. But, uh, I mean, she's really good at getting into the paint. And I, I think they kind of just said, hey, we're going to take that away and um, make us make us hit some shots from the outside. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you just keep plugging away and keep firing them away. And uh, for whatever reason, we always struggle. But there was always a time and a stretch where we uh, – we, we got a, got on a run with hitting a few shots in a row, and that just seems to relax everybody. But, uh, you know, like I tell them, that if we're not scoring that way, our defensive intensity, because we, we do pick up and, you know, go full court, um, that our defensive intensity needs to pick up and, and see if we can force more turnovers um, than the other team, you know, and try to get some easy scoring opportunities that way. And hitting the offensive glass, too, I think is another thing where you can really help yourself if you're kind of struggling to shoot against the zone and um, hit that offensive glass and see if you can get some easy putbacks and fouls and mm-hmm. get them in some bad positions. But yeah, it has happened. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just one of those things where you just got to keep grinding and, and have confidence that the next one's going in and. You know, sometimes that's hard for young kids, but it is what it is. How much how much of your motion stuff do you carry over into your zone philosophy and attacking the zone? Like you said, you're 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 undersized, so you don't have a a five ten or a five eleven four girl with a six foot five girl that you can kind of run and maybe find some soft spots in there and and go over the top against it. You know, how, you know do. You, is it kind of basically the same principles that you use against a man when you're attacking the zone, or, or how do you attack you know, that? There are some creative ways where, like, for instance, uh, a few times last year, uh, we put our really our all-conference point guard at the high post because we had three other guards out there with her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and one of them was our backup point guard. So, um, you know, I didn't want two point guards on the perimeter, and, and she was a really good creator, and, uh, we got we found some success with that, you know, just kind of getting creative, uh, moving people around um, into different spots, or, or trying to overload the zone and attack from the the this the gaps to get into the paint. You know, our paint touches. Um, you know, we we like to you know chart those a little bit, and but our paint touches aren't necessarily what you would think is like you know thrown inside back somebody down it's it's get two feet in the paint and you know if we can get that two to three times of possession um Mm -hmm. i I definitely think man or zone i I, you have a really good chance of getting a a really good shot do you do you have a goal number per game on on what you know number of paint touches you want to get uh usually just go by possession you Mm -hmm. know if if 
we get to a possession, you're really gonna, um, you're really gonna, I, and this is just my opinion, I guess, you're really gonna start to get the shots. You're gonna get open shots eventually. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, just because the, the defense is broken down enough that you know whether you make that shot or not. I mean, it's high school. Yeah. But uh, I, I I think you're gonna definitely up your up your per or your your the shot that you want or a clean look. So. Mm-hmm. Are Are you really emphasizing? Uh, you know, with your smaller team, and you kind of made the comparison to, to Houston in the NBA level. Uh, are, are you really locked in on that, hey, it's either a three-pointer, it's either a layup, or we're getting to the free throw line? Or are you just kind of more of the Steve Kerr, hey, let's just get a good look? Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll always take the, the good look. I mean, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, actually our free throws went down last year because we were shooting more more threes. Um uh, I definitely feel like if you if you can play really good defense and, and you can hit a hit a few threes, you know, I definitely think that those three for twos, the, those things add up definitely down the down the end of the at the end of the game. But uh, I don't I don't necessarily like living by the three, but at the same time, I I know that you know it's one of those things where. That's kind of who we are right now. Yeah. And, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. If that's a kid's strength, I'm not gonna shy away from that. Yeah. You know? And it's just kind of one of those things where you gotta live with, with live with who you are. And yeah. That's kind of who we've kind of developed into, and mm-hmm. uh, it is what it is. And you, you know, your responsibility is to put the best five players out there on the floor and to come up with a way that plays to their strengths. And yep. and if that's who you got, that's who you got. Yep. And uh, right now we're just really quick and and athletic and get the get up and down the floor a little bit and pressure the ball on defense and so that's kind of who we are right now. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hey, you know, as a coach, though, you're never gonna you're never gonna and this has been my thing. Like I've changed over. Like I started man to man my first four years I was full court man to man and now you know my kids have evolved and are all my teams have evolved into they can't I, I, I just don't feel comfortable with them doing it and I'm not putting them in a good position to do it and you know I'm not going to try to beat a, a circle and a square peg you know or whatever that term is but mm-hmm. you know you got to you got to do with what you have on your team and you know that's just you gotta adapt. Mm-hmm. Adapter, adapter. It's gonna, not gonna work out for you. Absolutely. Um, you, we talked a little bit about stats, and um, uh, you, you were talking about paint touches per possession, and a couple other things here. What are some some other things when when you're looking at your your stat sheets or your your iPad or whatever you got, uh, whatever you guys use within your program? At, Managers. At, <laughs> exactly. There you and go. Never <laughs> yeah. Well, within a stone's throw of those yeah. of those sixth and seventh grade girls helping you out there, usually, um, you know, what are you uh, what are you looking at it at halftime uh, when you're playing the Gothenburg Swedes or or, or some other legendary program? Uh, what what do you uh, what do you what are some things that you're zooming in on pretty quick on a consistent basis? Uh, 
for instance, I have I have one manager every game that is just devoted on taking their stat or their offensive rebounds and their turnovers, um, and you know, vice versa. We have somebody else doing kind of all of our stats, and I can kind of compare those two things. But I've I've always been a firm believer on you know if we're the type of team that we have to create extra possessions for ourselves to score because you know of the way we play you know we we shoot a lot of threes and stuff and and you know sometimes those aren't going in and you need to create those extra possessions for your team um you know actually in the games that um we lost last year um we we were either even on the that offensive rebound and turnover um stat combined or whatever when you compare compare them head to head um and we were either even or we had lost that stat and and we didn't create enough possessions for us and it's just one of those i i for whatever reason i've always kind of locked into those two things um because like i said the way we play we need to make sure that we're creating extra possessions Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think you gotta win one of those two categories you know fairly convincingly on a on a consistent basis if you want to have success because you know if you're going to rely just on five on five um especially when you get into postseason uh you gotta be an awfully talented group in order to be successful Mm mm-hmm and we try to, you know, we try to get around 13 extra. Like, we want to be plus 13 in that category. Anything more than 13, I, I really feel like we're going we're gonna to be okay mm-hmm. um, just because of some of the skills that our players have and, and they can score and stuff. So, you know, I'm always kind of looking at that as that's kind of the number. If we're 13 more with those combined stats that, you know, I think good things are going to happen for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Regardless yeah. of how we shoot, I mean, I, I really feel like that if you can get up, you know, 13 more shots than the other team, you're going to put yourself in a good position to win the game. Well, it's it's simple math, you know. Yeah. If, if you're that's, scoring. That's right. Basketball's a game of math. Yeah, and, and I teach history, so maybe that's why I'm not very good at it sometimes. <laughs> find a math teacher out there <laughs> <laughs> well dean smith was a math guy so um but no i i uh i i really think that um when you when you take a look at that you you know five on five you're gonna score on the first shot you know somewhere around you know right around a third of the time you're gonna hit that mm-hmm. first shot uh when you get five on five um so now and you get for us i mean like as we were talking earlier, how you know we're not the biggest kid. We don't have the biggest kids in our program, and you know you play, uh, for instance, like we played Adam Central last year in that district final, and they were just they made that game into a half court game, and you just mm-hmm. kind of you struggle against that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I don't care who you are. I mean, if if you get into a slugfest with somebody, it's it's never going to be pretty, and uh, you know that's one thing where you know con- contrasting styles of the other you know dictating pace um you know we obviously didn't get to that pace that we wanted and mm-hmm. you know you get into that five on five half court and it's it's tough to score on size especially when you're small 
Well, and and in that case, against that particular team for you, they also had the guards that could handle the quickness of your guards, and so it was yep. kind of it was a double whammy for you. Yep, they were uh, they were definitely very uh, very good and kind of caught them at the wrong time, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. When, when when you when you can't dictate the pace you want to play, I mean, you just kind of look at your assistants and you're like, ah, this is going to be a, a long night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're going to be in it all night, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, finding way, different ways to win too. I mean, that, I mean, there were multiple times, you know, last year when, I mean, we had a really good year and there were multiple times that, you know, we kind of got into those, um, kind of, kind of type of games and, you know, the kids just, you know, found a way to win and, you know, uh, learning to win sometimes is, is hard, especially when you have to do it a way that you're not comfortable with. Yeah. yeah, it is. If if winning were easy, everybody would do it, and, yeah, and right. you know, and and I think when you uh, when you've had success, and then you don't have some su- success for a little while, you you forget how hard it is to to win, and and uh, you know, I think I probably definitely went through that with a within various stages of my career, where it's like, God, it's damn hard to win a game let alone many games you yeah know? for sure i mean so, yeah you can't take them for granted yeah your season can change in a heartbeat yeah so, absolutely absolutely coach what's your uh what's your social media handles that you want to plug here either for for your broken bro program or your nebraska pride program what do you what do you got going on out there well you put me on the spot here i know mine is at coach cooksley um mm-hmm. And then uh, our Broken Bow one is uh, at Bow GPB. Mm-hmm. The other one, I'm, I'm not 100% sure because I only get on it during the spring and summer. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, the summer here, so. but yeah, those are my, my two. And uh, I don't know. I, I tell you what, you know, as a coach, uh, there are so many resources out there on, on uh, especially Twitter that you can find just about anything. I mean, I found a set last year, um, or two years ago, excuse me, um, from, from Tim Miles, uh, a good little backdoor set. And it was just one of those things where I, uh, picked it up off of some guy who, you know, posts set plays and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, that's Nebraska and Tim Miles. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I definitely uh, encourage uh, coaches if if you can get a social media account, especially Twitter, and there's some really good follows out there to find some really good material. Mm-hmm. Well, try to have them follow a pen and a napkin. I think that's a pretty yeah. good place to follow yeah. as well. I always you know. see your uh, I always see your uh, napkin plays. And- been printing those off and storing them in a folder <laughs> that's probably a pretty thin folder for, for good plays <laughs> anyway so uh no i appreciate it kelly um you know it, it's been great over the last couple of years getting to know you and 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 everything and uh you know i i, I think you got a great thing going out there at broken bow and and i think it's really good what you've done for uh, a lot of the kids out like you said in in that central nebraska sand hills area uh, that just haven't had the same opportunities that that kids have in in an Omaha, in a Lincoln, in in a, in a larger metropolitan area to give them the opportunity to get looks to 
to, to show what those kids in that region are capable of doing, which is a lot of really good small school, small school girls high school basketball. And, and you've been a big part of that and just, you know, continue to grow the game out there, man. Yeah. Um, like I've had a lot of help along the way. I, I can't just say it's all been, you know, myself, but I've had great, uh, kids, great parents, um, you know, and, and great, uh, assistant coaches, great administration. Um, you know, it's never one person. It takes a village mm-hmm. uh, to be successful and, uh, Thankfully, uh, I've had a lot of really, really awesome people in my corner helping me try to, you know, push some, push some things out this way that, uh, you know, trying to grow the game out here because, you know, the, the East is tough and uh, they play really good basketball out there. And, you know, if, you know, we ever want to, you know, especially with the new sub-state stuff, if you ever want to get to the state tournament, you got to, you know, you got to play usually some Eastern teams and, uh, you know, we got to keep up with them out there. So really just like I said, I'm, I'm thankful that I've had a lot of really awesome people in my corner and, and helped me out along the way. Well, the advantage you have is the village that you refer to is is the Manhattan of the Sandhills. And that's where that's that's where we'll leave it at, where we'll get some Dairy Queen and 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 chat over some hoops at some point. So. Uh, yeah, sure. Kelly, thanks so much for coming on uh, this morning into the early afternoon here. If you hold the line real quick, I'll wrap some things up and and um, you know we'll, uh, we'll we'll call it a day here. But thanks so much for coming on. Awesome, thank you for having me. Appreciate yep. it. Yep. Uh, Coach Kelly Cooksley from uh, the Nebraska Pride uh, Club Program and Broken Bow High School, the girls basketball program there. Uh, thanks so much for his time today. Again, if you're if you're listening, you're on iTunes or SoundCloud. Like, rate, review, give us five stars. Again, we just want to push this out for as many like-minded people as possible. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at appendantandnapkin at gmail.com. And like we said here at the end, follow us at appendantandnapkin on Twitter. Uh, we'll try to put out some daily coaching tidbits on our Twitter site. Uh, coaches, as always, let's pray for peace. Let's stay safe. And let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>